Hi and welcome to Pulling the Wool. My name's Drew. Thanks for joining us this episode. I'm going to go a little off track this episode from the media and Hollywood that we've covered the last couple of episodes. I was going to carry on, but I've decided to probably get something off my chest more than anything, but uh, maybe open up the rest of the world's eyes to what's actually going on here in Australia. So as I've mentioned, I live in Melbourne, Victoria, and we're still in our sixth lockdown. Yes, that's the one that started six weeks ago for seven days. We've been subject to the longest and hardest lockdowns anywhere on the planet, but that I'm sure you already know. Well, there's no sign of it ending. We're averaging 40 cases of COVID a day in a population of six and a half million Yes, the entire state is in lockdown for 40 COVID cases a day. But these lockdowns have gone beyond a joke. Our dictator of a premier recently announced a lockdown of children's playgrounds. That was a tipping point for me, but more on that later. So he also said you cannot watch the sunset or speak to your neighbour. But the lunacy gets better. With 90% of the workforce working from home, if they still have a job, he's now closed childcare. And let me tell you, they're not feeling much better in New South Wales or Sydney, as you might know it, if you're not from Australia. Unfortunately, they're sort of clocking about a thousand cases a day and don't look like dropping those numbers anytime soon. And let's remember, that's positive cases are from a PCR test that is known for false positives. We're still using it and going by those numbers. (laughs) Of course, that's if you actually believe there's a virus to contract. I believe there is. It's a relatively harmless cold unless you're 75 and over or have pre-existing health conditions. It's become more and more clear that it's not about the virus. It's the vaccine. I'll get back to that a little more later. Let's get into some more crazy government overstepping the mark and gross misuse of power to inflict the worst human right crimes this country has ever seen. Now that may sound dramatic, but let me tell you, it's not. It's the truth. It's something needs to be done before it's too late. I'm just going to use Victoria as an example, obviously because I live there. 18 months of on and off lockdowns, totaling over 200 days of stay-at-home orders. Thousands of small businesses, self-employed and contractors have lost everything. Entire generation of children, not only the homeschooling for two years, have lost the social skills, friendships, and even being able to play in the fucking park, for God's sake, all gone. You can't visit anybody. You can't leave a five-kilometre radius of your home. You get one hour's exercise within that five kilometre radius per day. There is a stay-at-home curfew between 9pm and 5am every night. You can only go to work if you are, ready for it, a public servant, government employee, healthcare worker, work at a supermarket, service station, gas station, work for your local council, 
a parking inspector, a speed camera operator, or drive public transport. Ironic, we can't use it. All for a virus that has a kill rate of 0.045%. That's 800 deaths in Victoria in two years. If you believe all those deaths were caused by COVID. As we know, if you're run over by a bus and have COVID, you're recorded as a COVID death. So let me put that into perspective for you. In 2019, there were 1,300, sorry, 1,139 fatalities on our roads. In 2020, there were 1,048 people killed on our roads. So in a similar period that we have had COVID in this country for, that's 2,200 people killed driving cars compared to 800 people killed by COVID. Driving a car is twice as deadly as this virus. We should immediately ban driving tomorrow. Then there's the vaccine. The criminals in charge of this country are now pushing the vaccine that hard they want 80% of the population vaccinated before any rules are lifted. Firstly, the vaccine is killing more people than the virus. And that's from research. You know, I've done plenty of it. It's going to kill a whole lot more people within two to three years. So it's understandable that a lot of people are apprehensive about getting the vaccine. When you take into account the percentage of the population that are aged under 10 years of age, the population that cannot take the vaccine due to health conditions, it's actually impossible to hit 80% vaccinated. Not that anybody in the media has mentioned that. We've already been told vaccinated people will be getting some freedoms back and the unvaxxed will not. Whatever happened to choice? Whatever happened to free democracy? Where everybody's treated equally in this country? To me, it stinks of segregation. Segregation for having a choice. It's widely known that the vaccine, sorry, the vaccinated can contract and spread and die from the virus. It's also known that the vaccine cannot protect you from variances of this virus. Big Pharma are one of the biggest players in controlling the human race. There is no denying that. Remember, there is no money in selling cures. So it'd just be a coincidence that the side effects from these vaccines happen to coincide with illnesses and ailments that the same pharmaceutical companies sell other drugs for. No, sorry, it's not a coincidence. All the vaccine side uh, deaths and side effects, the truth, purposely covered up, not displayed in the media, as long as the population's terrified of a harmless virus, they'll just keep jabbing the sheep. Now, let me tell you what happened to me the other day. I decided that it was time for me to be heard not only on a podcast, but in person at a Freedom Rally in Melbourne. Just to set the scene, I live approximately an hour out of Melbourne, CBD. And with previous rallies, the police either shut down or man the public transport. So I decided to drive to the outskirts of the city and walk in with a couple of fellow freedom fighters from my area. We parked the car approximately a kilometre from the location of the rally on the edge of a large park. 
and so not to draw attention to ourselves, we were wearing masks. We got maybe halfway through the park when the first police officer approached us, who we pretty much ignored and said we were exercising. He didn't like that answer, decided to follow us. Now, I'm not sure how this bloke passed the physical and got into the cops, but when we started jogging, he didn't. Now, just to clarify, police cannot stop you and ask you for identification unless you have committed a crime, etc., etc., in this country. We made it to the opposite side of the park, up a couple of steps, and were greeted by no less than 25 police. Those police proceeded to physically restrain us, unlawfully, I might add, and when asked for ID, I refused. And I asked the officer, what crime have I committed? She was unable to answer me. She just asked me for ID once again. When I said, you tell me what crime I've committed and why I'm being held against my will, I'll give you my ID. Again, she could not answer me and said to another officer, this one won't give me ID. He replied, well, just fucking arrest him. I do have all of this on camera. Uh, well, until I was forcibly put in handcuffs and I couldn't film any longer. So now being detained in cuffs and have had my rights read to me, they proceeded to ask for my ID again. Sorry, officer, I don't have any ID on me, which I didn't. I was given the choice to move on. In other words, go home or go to jail. I chose to go home and was given a $2,000 fine, unlawfully, of course. Now, approximately five to 8,000 people made it past the Ring of Nazis and started the march through Melbourne. The protesters of the Freedom Rally were blocked and cornered by police, which ended the, you know, the peaceful nature of the whole rally. They were com confronted face-to-face. If you haven't seen the viral videos of the police egging on protesters, then opening fire with rubber, rubber bullets, tear gas and pepper spray, make sure you check out those videos. Just so you know, NATO have outlawed the use of rubber bullets on civilians. Vic police obviously don't care about NATO. This type of behaviour is unprecedented in Australia. Goes to show how far this tyrant government will go to keep the population under control. All they've achieved is to piss off the people that were already pissed off. There are only two outcomes here. That's the police stand down and let the peaceful protesters march, or innocent people trying to be heard in a democracy are going to die. Let's hope the second case doesn't come true, because if it does, all hell will break loose in this city. So under the disguise of a state of emergency and new apparent health laws, government and police have tried to take away all human rights in this country. And with 100% backing from mainstream media, pushing fear into the population, most Australians think that it's perfectly fine. It's all in the name of health, right? Hmm. States have taken it upon themselves to say no jab, no entry. These state borders, not international borders, Australian people are free to move anywhere in Australia. It's actually in our constitution. Hmm, constitution. That's a strange word. It seems to get forgotten about and ignored. 
Now, the Australian Constitution differs greatly from, say, the Constitution of the United States. Here, it pretty much states how the government is set up, voting, and how laws are written and passed. There are a couple of exceptions, one being freedom of speech. In the Constitution, it states where no person or law enforcement can prevent one from displaying or voicing their right for freedom of speech. This makes all police involvement in any rallies totally unlawful. Next, the layer of next we have sorry the layer of federal law and and legislation. Below that, state laws, where federal law always overrules state law. In a federal legislation, Biohealth 2015, it clearly states the use of lockdowns, prevention of movement, closure of business, curfews, and a myriad of other things that these states have made up laws we're living under, um, at the moment can only be implemented by a single person and a biohazard officer. So in other words, a biohazard officer has to say, you have COVID-19 and your movement is restricted. You cannot blanket rule an entire state. Our law states you are healthy until proven ill. On the other hand, it's statute law, so who would follow the government? You know, they don't. Who would follow statute law? I mean, the government doesn't. Why should the people? But while the government have the media, the police force, the army, and yes, the army has been deployed in some states, by the way, the vast majority of sheep terrified that it's, it's got to be this way. There's no way out. Protesters are simply labelled as conspiracy theorists and troublemakers by the media and the government while being egged on by police, then being fired upon. The media don't and won't report on the amount of suicides due to loss of business, people not being able to provide for their family, the amount of people out of work, the long-term mental effects on our children, the real figures about vaccine deaths and side effects, all based on a virus that we're using, an inferior testing kit, the numbers that keep us locked down? Come on. To this point, it appears that government opposition parties are too piss-weak to even ask questions, let alone challenge the government in charge. There's even been quarantine centres built on the outskirts of Melbourne. I can 100% guarantee you these are not for travellers and virus-infected people. These quarantine centres will be used to herd up the unvaxxed, segregate and jail them until they are vaccinated. It doesn't sound like choice to me. So, what can Victorians and Australians alike do to get rid of these, this government, open our country and hopefully save some businesses and people's lives? Well, one of the uh, things in our constitution that is mentioned is that people have the right to overthrow a government must be done in person in Parliament House. This would be similar to a military coup without the military. There's a slight hurdle. Our dictator has cancelled all parliamentary sittings and a quarter of the Victorian police force surround Parliament House. Something that may get a little bit of attention that looks to be happening this week is our truck drivers, our truckies, have had enough and are going to stop driving. Now, for anybody outside Australia, this is a damn big country. 
Without trucks, this country doesn't run. Means no food in the supermarkets, no petrol in the bowsers. And being that uh, pretty much the only two things open at the moment, that creates a very, very large humanitarian problem. Which I follow, you know. I actually support it. I know for a fact the world would not let Australian government sit back and watch their people starve. So it could be just the wake-up call they need. If you are listening in Australia, stock up on tin food. I'm not being a doomsdayer uh, at all. This is happening. It will affect your ability to shop at the supermarket. Personally, I think any country that has international trade agreements with Australia should cease trade with Australia immediately. Free our people or don't do trade with us. This would definitely get their attention. Has uh, all of our free trade allies keep this country wealthy, I think even the threat would be enough. For those who think that educating the sheep or trying to turn the sheep to see what's going on is a good start, yeah, I'm sorry it's not. Unless you absolutely care about that person and their life and their well-being, don't waste your time. Trust me, I've been down this path. It's an impenetrable wall of dumbness. Really makes you wonder though, doesn't it? If Australia's gun laws were different, would all this be happening right now? I highly doubt it. This obviously rules out the use of force for anybody who thought, uh, just fight them. They have guns, we don't. And their behaviour recently, I would not put it past them to use live ammunition on unarmed Australians. That's a fact. With the next state election not due for 12 to 18 months or something, something needs to be done right now. The financial and mental stress of the people have endured needs to come to an end. Many are at or have passed breaking point. I know for a fact the way we're being treated in Australia is making news around the world with the likes of Joe Rogan, Alex Jones and Tucker Carlson reporting on the shit show that is Australia now. But more needs to happen and fast. The world is quick to jump on countries like China, North Korea for the way they treat their people. Right now, Australia should be treated no differently. I also fully understand that there is a whole lot going on in the world at the moment and there are people in a lot worse position than us Australians. This has been by no means a poor us cry for help. More of a message that the Aussie battler, they're really battling at the moment. Now I'm going to get back on track next episode, continue with uh, connecting the dots with the lies even though today's episode definitely exposed, exposed plenty of lies. I've definitely gone on long enough today. Um, I'm not going to show you how all of these are connected <laughs> with most of you know what I've talked about today. I'm sure you guys are all clever enough to work it out yourselves so that it all comes back in a big circle. Hey, guys, don't forget to follow on Twitter at PullingTheWool. Don't forget to add this to your podcast library like the episode and let your forward thinking friends know about the podcast. That's all I've got for you this episode. So till next time, thanks for listening. Talk soon.